morning. Ain't it a fantastic morning outside? It's a beautiful morning. Welcome to our party. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting Weekly Garden Program. We call it the Gestalt Garden. And I'm your host, horticulturist, Fellow Rushing. The Rolling Stones of Cucumbers, I've been called. Our producer is awesome, Java Chapman, and our associate producer is the beautiful Marley Chapman. Coming up the next hour or so, we're going to be talking about also this pre-Thanksgiving Day program. We're going to be talking about things you can be doing in your southern garden. Share a few interesting emails. Got some real winners. Uh, some cheesy music, of course, coming up in about 30 minutes. But we're live here at MPB, so if you want to give us a call and talk about what's going on or not in your own garden, a lot of stuff going on this fall season, give us a call. It's live. We're going to take a little bit of a break to do some news and come back talking about nothing but gardening for the next hour or so here at MPB. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're talking about gardening. Give me a call. I've got the phone lines wide open. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Got a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Uh, a couple of events you might be interested in, but mostly it's just a time to knock around in the yard and do some stuff. My arms are completely covered with scratches and pokes and scrapes and bruises and stuff from doing a little stuff in my garden, pulling a bunch of vines and doing stuff out. Also, d- d- a real special project this week, and I could use your help with it. I'm going to talk about it just a little bit, but it has to do with bottle trees in Mississippi. Uh, Alabama, y'all got the best. I got to tell you, there's a, there's a bottle tree in Huntsville, Alabama, at their Botanic Garden. It's uh, 22, maybe 24 feet tall. I hadn't measured it yet, but it's uh, well over 20 feet tall. I think it's the biggest around. But I'm trying to find the tallest bottle tree in Mississippi. Louisiana, bring it on. Arkansas, Tennessee, bring it on. But we're going to be talking about bottle trees. I'm looking for the biggest one because I just put what I think may be the biggest in the state. May not be. I hope it's not. I hope there's that I'm second or even third place because I want somebody else to have more fun than I am. But uh, if you know about any kind of big bottle trees, the next couple of three weeks right around. See if you can find out how tall it is. We're going we're gonna to do a little measurement. Before I tell you how big mine is, I want to find out how big yours is. <laughs> we're going to be talking about gardening for the next little while. Java, you got a real sweetheart there in your arms. He can't even. He, he, you, in one of your arms, you, how can you push buttons with that beautiful little girl in your arms? I told you, I told you last show, I'm a, I'm a man of many talents. Well, I guess so. <laughs> For, you, you got that beautiful little uh, Marley in your arms. She's turned one this past July. But a little while ago, you had a pacifier in your mouth. That's a dad for you. Hey, folks, there's a lot of things going on, uh, but two that I want to particularly mention. One is a uh, the Gulf Coast Community Society is having uh, its show this weekend, November 18th. It's going to be at the Lyman Community Center. That's on Highway 49, just north of Gulfport. Lyman, um, the girls from the Gulf Coast, they're going to have thousands of camellia blooms on display, uh, some incredible ones. Lots of camellia plant experts, you want to talk about them. Uh, and they're going to have camellias for sale, both the landscape camellias and also the specialty camellias that they prize so much. But the show is free. You can have a plant rifles. If you want to uh, go to it, 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock Saturday, November 14th at the Lyman Community Center, Highway 49, just north of Gulfport. Also, there's a Piney Woods Festival. This is a heritage festival. This is, uh, I forget how many they've done. It's like the 25th annual they've had here. I can't remember, but it's going to be at Crosby Arboretum down in Pickyham, Saturday, November 18th, 10 to 3. They got a thing going on this afternoon, uh, this, this evening, with some storytelling and all that, but from 10 to 3, Saturday, a Piney Woods Heritage Festival, Crosby Arboretum, Pickyham. It's going to be, it's a family event. It's a fun place, a regional culture. They can have musical performances, exhibitor demonstrations, children's activities and all sorts of crafts like spinning and basket making, blacksmithing and wood carving and beekeeping, Native American culture, got a whole lot more. Saturday admissions, uh, five bucks for adults, two bucks for children, it's free for Arboretum members. Piney Woods Heritage Festival, Carsby Arboretum, and Picayune. I love to share upcoming garden events. If you have any, shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Now let's do what we enjoy a lot, and that's talk to you about what's going on in your car. We're going to go to Wayne County. Hey, Malcolm, how are you, man? 
Oh, gonna make it look like. Are you in Waynesboro, or are you way out in the country in Wayne County? Out, at, out in the country, right on the north side of Minnesota uh, Park. Is that next to Greene County? Yes, sir, it goes to it. Okay, if you, if you know the way. If I know what? If you know the way to get there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what can I help you with, Malcolm? I need to know how you make a crabapple seed sprout. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a good yeah, it's a good question. Um, apples and pears and crab apples, all that family. I don't remember if you have to expose them to cold temperatures, but I think that you do. So what I would do is I would rub them out of the out of the, the crab apples, clean the seeds really good, you know, in some running water, get them you know, nice and clean, and then put them in a plastic bag, Malcolm, with just a barely damp piece of paper towel. Not enough to keep them wet, but to make it humid, sort of foggy on the inside. Slip it in the refrigerator. And uh, for at least about three months, and then plant them uh, this next spring. They should sprout. A lot, of, a lot of seeds need to go through that cold uh, treatment period before they'll sprout. That keeps them from sprouting right before winter and freezing to death. So stick okay. them in a plastic bag, a little damp, barely damp piece of paper for about three months. See if that doesn't work. I'll try it. Yeah, and uh, listen, if you get a chance, also try to make some cuttings off that thing because it may take five, six, seven years for a seedling to grow up mature enough to start making. Uh, crab apples. See, so, uh, you know, if you can make some cuttings, you know, that might cut down your time before you get some more to eat. Okay. Okay. All right, Malcolm. Pre- you. Appreciate your call, Thanks, man. Sir. Thank you. Oh, okay, let's go up to Sturgis. Chip, I've been through Sturgis so many times, coming back back and forth uh, between Jackson and Strongville. I can't remember what county is it, Sturgis is in. It's in Octibaha. Oh, right on the corner of Octibaha County. Right on the corner, right on the corner. Yep. What can I help you with today? Okay, I uh, called you once before a few months ago. I, I moved here from Florida, and I'm trying, still trying to get a little adjusted to the different range. Here's my deal. Every year in Florida, for many, many, many years, every winter, I grew broccoli. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was just even, of course, didn't you got freezes, but it wasn't that bad. I lived in, in Jacksonville. Right. And uh, I never had a problem. So my question for you is I have about eight nice plants growing. Am I going to have to do any protection like as far as precipitates like snow or anything like that? Is there anything more that I would need to do here than I did back there? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, for, for one thing, it's hard to protect the broccoli and cabbage from hard freezes. You know, they like cool weather. They grow all summer up north. They grow all winter in Florida. Here, there's a there's two windows. In the fall, you plant it early enough to where they don't die from heat, but they produce before it gets too cold. And then again, planting them in the late winter uh, before, you know, and hope to get a harvest before it gets too hot. So it's hard to grow those things over the winter. It re- really is, especially in North Mississippi like you are. If we have a mild winter like we did last year, it wouldn't be any problem at all. So I'd say go ahead and gamble with it. Uh, but yeah, I've got, I've got, they're about a foot tall right now. They're looking real good. I got them growing in my compost pile. Yeah. Well, and, give, uh, so, would covering them do any good if it's going to be? It's, it's the freeze we're trying to protect from, not frost. But here's the problem with broccoli and cabbage and cauliflower. If for any reason they stop growing, either they got hot and dry or a freeze or something, they may pick back up growing, but they never make that big head again. You know, they don't, right. you know, they, they, they don't like starting and stopping. So the trick is to keep them growing steady. So I'd give them a little half-strength fertilizer, just a little bit, uh, okay. you know, just to keep them growing steady. And, you know, we've, you know we're, we're past our average first frost for North Mississippi, but we may not have one until January. So, you know, I'd be prepared to cover them up. But um, if you cover them with plastic or something, the sun comes out the next day, uncover because it, it will steam them. I mean, nothing wrong with steamed broccoli, don't get me wrong, but you want it on the plate. <laughs> and, uh, hey, yeah, I want them on the plate. That's yeah, right. Let me, let me give you another really weird tip, uh, uh, Chip. There's two kinds of broccoli. The kind that makes one big head, you cut it, and that's it. And then there's a kind that makes a pretty good size head. You cut it, and then it makes a whole bunch of side sprouts that collectively equal about another head. Right. Well, what they do is they plant the, the, the main head one in the spring, so they get a nice harvest before it gets too hot. Is, is that like green comet? I, I don't remember which is which. I don't remember, but but uh, if you shoot. I got, I got Waltham growing I, I I can't remember. There's so many varieties. Okay. But, uh, you know, if you shoot me an email, I can do that. Uh, but... Um, the, in the fall, if you'll start planting, 
as early as middle of August, if you could put little plants out and protect them for the heat, you know, by keeping them watered, if you uh-huh. plant the kind that makes that second crop, you can get a big head, cut it off, and if we have a mild winter, get that third harvest. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then, so if it's going to... If it's going to get in the teens or 20s, then maybe throw a sheet over them and hope for the best. If it could get the teens, I'd pull them up and treat them like collars and just cook them with some bacon grease. <laughs> okay, I'll, all right. Yeah. Oh, well, and one, one other thing. If you go online, you know, Mississippi State, you know, is headquartered there in Octavio County. But if you go online uh, to the MSU website, it's called MSU Cares. I think right. it's Coordinated Access Research Extension, whatever. MSU Cares. And in okay. the search box on publications, type in Garden Tabloid. They've got okay. the, the best guide for when to plant different vegetables, you know, the window of opportunity, both spring, summer, and fall. Okay, and you know what? i got to say real quick, in Florida, I stumbled on this by not taking my broccoli plants up as they started to bolt in the spring, uh-huh. uh, and they get those beautiful yellow flowers. Oh, yeah. And here I was outside, and I had my peppers and tomatoes all getting ready to go in March, and I noticed dozens of bumblebees all over those broccoli, and it just dawned on me. So I never cut those back. I would let them grow alongside with the tomatoes, and they would just pollinate all my stuff for me. You know, it's a lot of people don't realize, you know, the benefit of just leaving stuff alone until it just absolutely can't be tolerated. Yeah. Well, thank you for your help. All right, Chip. Hey, email anytime. We can, we'll can we we'll get you steered uh, into what it's like in North You said snow. We get snow maybe every three or four years, and then everybody freaks out because it's like a quarter of an inch thick. Well, when it sleeted here last year, I just moved here, and I because I, <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. So, yeah, well, welcome. <laughs> you know, and and you're you know you're pretty far out in the country there. Yeah. Okay. Good luck on it, Chip. Give me a call hey, anytime. Thank you, sir. All right. Our number is toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. I got some uh, some fun emails to share, but I would like to to throw out a couple of things that I've seen. We're still seeing a lot of brown patch. Got a couple of emails this morning. I haven't had a chance to answer them, but brown patch is a fungal disease. It shows up as circles in your lawn, mostly St. Augustine and Centipede, when we have warm days and cool, wet nights. So if it rains tomorrow, like they said it might, we have some cool weather, expect to see some brown patch. Can't cure it, but you can throw a little uh, liquid fungicide that says for brown patch, a liquid spray, put around the edges keep it from spreading so much. Uh, also, smell my first Eliagnus this week. Eliagnus, the big old shrub, kind of a sprawly thing, makes my hair look good. It's just really a scraggly, big old plant. But it makes the most fragrant flowers this time of year, followed by little little uh, football-shaped fruits that are perfectly edible and delightful. If you don't want to eat them, leave them for the for the for the birds. But anyway, Eliagna is starting to bloom. Wonderful fall fragrance. We're gonna take a break. Come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Okay, folks, welcome back to Horticulture's Fellow Rushing. And uh, I want to ask Java another question. Uh, you, you don't have your headphones on, do you? You have your hands full of that little girl in there. Hug her while you can, man. What a cutie. All day, every day, Feld. I, I have a great joy, and it's called being a dad. Well, and I know that 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 she's your second child after 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 little Java, Java Java Charles, his name. And the reason I know she's your second because you know the first child you do everything just right. She dropped her pacifier a little while ago. You picked it up and licked it off before you put it in her mouth. <laughs> Can't give away all my secrets now, man. No, no, no. That's just parents. The second kid, you know, you don't you don't take them to the doctor unless you can't stop the bleeding. <laughs> anyway, there's a, a, a this bottle tree thing. Uh, I would like to throw out a bottle tree challenge. I just put up a bottle tree in my front yard from a cedar tree. The cedar tree was big enough to where it was all tangled up in the in the utility lines. Uh, you know, the phone lines, the internet, the power lines. And so I cut it down, but I didn't cut it down. I cut it to where it's just beneath the wires, left some stubs on it, and it's got to be 
pushing 20 feet tall. I'm not sure. I got to measure that thing. But anyway, uh, I got this guy to climb up as high as he could on a 12-foot extension ladder and then climb up the stubs above that, drill holes in it, and he put some foot-long pieces of iron rebar in the holes, tapped them in real good. And we put, I don't know, maybe 30 or so freshly cleaned bottles on top of it and a bowling ball at the very top. And uh, I put another couple of smaller uh, seven-foot bottle tree and a five-foot bottle tree out beside it to where it didn't look quite so garish. If you're interested in seeing that, shoot us an email. I'll send you a picture of it. Now, that's real, real easy to do. And uh, you'll see. I think we can put it on the website too. Okay. Well, you I got a, I got a picture of it. You know, it's not the completed one. It's in process. Well, just send me send me that picture, and we'll put it out. Okay. And I wanna I wanna issue the challenge for everybody else to send their uh, bottle trees in in the email. We want the biggest. We want to find the biggest one in the area. I think the biggest one in the south is at the Huntsville, Alabama Botanical Garden. I think. Anyway, so if you you know of a big bottle tree. I've seen a big one up in Carrollton. I've seen a couple out in the country from Florence that are pretty big, but I was just trying to find it, you know, just, and I hope that I come in second or third place, but shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, by the way, and this is one of the things, Java, just got to ask you this, you know, little Java, has he dug around the dirt with his grandmama yet? Does he know what a roly-poly is? Okay, a little, little round, some people call it pill bugs. This is an oddball thing, roly-polies, uh, which can roll up in little tight balls when they're alarmed. They're close related to lobsters. You know, they're not insects, they're, uh, but they're, they're really like they're crustaceans, like lobsters. They breathe through gills, which is why you find them in moist places. They carry the eggs in pouches, and this is a really odd one. They have blue blood. You know, I mean, who can make that up? Roly poly's got, you know, don't try, don't go out and, and test one to see. Uh, but anyway, they're mostly beneficial. They mostly eat decaying organic debris. They're good composters. Sometimes you can find them feeding on already damaged vegetables and flowers, like if you got crickets or something like that munching on it. If you got a, a, a hole in a fruit or something like that, you'll find them in there. But mostly they eat decaying organic debris. A little bit of lore about roly polies. I got a real interesting email. I want to share it with y'all. Let me see if I can find it. Here it is. Uh, I got to find the first one. I don't think if I can find it here. Anyway, her name is Frances Stewart. I can't find her original email, but Frances lives down in Mobile. And uh, oops, she said just say Frances. Sorry about that, Frances. But she's got grandchildren coming for Thanksgiving next week. And she's got a Meyer lemon tree that's got about nine or ten lemons on it. Some are soft and squishy already, ready to pick, but some are a little bit hard. Want to know if they'll last till next week so she can get her grandchildren to pick them. And I'm thinking, yeah, they, you know, think about Meyer lemons. They're not like other lemons. Meyer isn't really a lemon. It's a hybrid between lemons and, I think, grapefruit or orange or something like that. They're sweeter than lemons. They're bigger, and they're sweeter because they're a hybrid. Um, and they're a little bit sweeter than lemons. So if you can make something like lemonade or, or a lemon meringue pie or something like that, you don't have to use as much sugar with it. Uh, but anyway, I sent her back a little recipe. I told her they'll be perfectly fine. But I told her when the kids aren't looking, have a little thing of, of lemonade off to the side in case she needs to add some, in case it's not enough to make lemonade or, you know, you got to fake stuff up with kids. Java, you know, you're already doing that. You know, you got to fake stuff up. Oh, yeah. The the, the fake out is real. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's because, you know, you want them to learn stuff, not be too disappointed. But anyway, if you're going to make lemonade, here's an oddball thing. Any, anybody who's made real sweet tea knows this. You don't get a glass of iced tea, put a spoonful of sugar and stir it because it all settles to the bottom. What you do is you heat it up almost to boil in the water and then make your tea in it and put the sugar in it while the water is really, really hot. It dissolves completely and stays in suspension. Anyway, I thought that was fun of the lemonade lady, Miss Francis. Nice, nice thing to do. Hey, if you want to give us a call, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, I got a little bit of a cheesy tune. We got the lines open right now, but let's let's do a quick little cheesy tune and, and come back. Got some more emails, got plenty of stuff to share with y'all, but I thought this would be a good little, you know, what are we doing? You know, what's the attitude going on? I think this is a great attitude tune. We're going to be back with more of the Gestalt Garden here on MPB right after this. Fly. 
Folks, welcome back. I got a song. I got no melody, but we're just going to let it roll. Let it roll. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Gestalt Gardener here. Let's start out with uh, in Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. How are you? Hey, good morning. You guys are inspirational as usual. Good. Hey, okay. it takes a tough man to pick up a pacifier or a tough woman. Yeah, that's just it's part of it. You know, you get tired of washing it off. What can we help with this morning? Um, bottle trees is my question for you because um, I know you're past parenting. Well, I mean, I hope you're still a great uncle. Um, but the bottle trees things, if you cut back something, in my case, it's um, primarily water oaks, and strip back the leaves, um, and you paint the inside of the bottles. In other words, you take a spray paint thing and spray the inside of the bottles, let it dry, and then put that over the stubs. Yeah. Does that will that control and or kill the regrowth? Uh, good question. But if it sprouts, it'll be sprouting inside a bottle. Beg pardon? If it sprouts, it'll sprout inside a bottle and dies. So anyway, what are you trying to do? Use it to 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 kill trees or what? Well, in some cases, yes. Um, uh, that's what I'm saying. If you paint the inside, because you know, if you don't, you can paint the outside, of course. Yeah, you know? yeah but if you if you're trying to kill a tree, why well, just cut it off? Because I may want to use it as something because oh, okay. you get that iridescence with the shine if yeah, you yeah. paint the inside of the bottle, right? Well, it, but no, it won't shine. And let it dry. It won't shine if if you paint the inside of a bottle. All you see is reflected stuff off the outside of it. Won't light, light, makes light. it shine, right? When the sun hits it, yes. like a jewel. Yeah, yep that that'll work. So we'll a uh, little bit of uh, Windex. So in, anyway, there's so you know recipe bottle trees. I tell people they're they're a concept, not a recipe. So let's just have oh, some I'm fun. I'm sorry, say again? There are, bottle trees are a concept, not a recipe. I wouldn't say, I, you know, just put some colorful bottles. Don't worry about the, they'll shine anyway. And uh, without having to booger them up with but spray I may paint. want to, if it's on a tree that I want to kill, but go, not maybe kill go until for after it. the holiday season. You go for it. Go for it. And let me know how it works. <laughs> okay. Okay. You bet. Bye. Appreciate it. Let's go to Ronnie. I think in, uh, you in Batesville, Ronnie? Yes. Hey, what's I'm up? What's up, man? Uh, we met before in Oxford once. We talked about peppers. Uh, oh, yeah, I yeah, got yeah. A question. I got a question about uh, Indian turnips. You know, Jack in the Pulpit? Yep. I was just wondering if you have a story about trying them. 
No, I haven't. You know, I'm not much of a, I'll be honest with you, I'm a more of a macaroni and cheese guy. I'm not much of a forager. You know, I'll eat stuff that's real obvious. But And there's a lot, there, there are actually some very active foragers, and there's a lot of information online about not only what you can eat, but how you can prepare it. Because some stuff, if you don't prepare it a certain way, you know, it can make you feel kind of queasy or something. So I'm not, I'm right. really not much on foraging. It's a, it's pretty much a prank. You try it, and uh, I don't know if it's a poison or it's it, it's almost like uh, eating a pepper. It's it's a burning sensation you get in your mouth. Yeah, like like it's horseradish. Like right. <laughs> Almost like eating a pepper, uh, but it's painful and it lasts about twenty minutes. Oh yeah! If you know okay. what you're looking. If you know what you're looking for, it's a good prank. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna. I'm making a note myself. I'm gonna check it out when I get back home uh, at my computer. See what 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 the active ingredient that does that, and is po- if it's possible to overdose or if you're just having fun munching out oh. in the woods. Oh, it's not that. Well. Well, anyway, shoot, shoot me an email. Let me see. That. Let me see what I can find out about it because it's real. I mean, I know about it, but I, I can't. You know, since I don't eat them, I it's don't. It's a really pretty plant. That's, yeah, but that's all I wanted to talk about. All right, man. Hey, shoot me an email. Let let's let's it. let's get this thing going. Seriously. All right. All right, man. Okay, Appreciate cool. it. All right. Okay, Indian turnips. Then let's go to uh, Keith. Where are you calling from? Uh, Magnolia. Magnolia down in Pike County. What's up? Right. Yeah, I'll always talk about lemons and lemon trees. It yeah. uh, reminded me that I had. Uh, Stuck some seeds from a lemon. Someone gave me a bag of lemons that were not very acidic, less acidic. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I'll try to grow some. And I uh, made a nice tree in a terracotta pot. But it got, I grew the pot, and so I planted it in the yard. And uh, we had one freeze last winter, and it nearly killed the tree. And I yeah. don't know if it's just because I had just planted it or what. And I'm wondering if it will make lemons or will it continue to grow in my yard. Northern exposure, bad choice. Well, here's a, a couple of things. First of all, you know, lemons often freeze even in Florida. You know, if we have a, a normal winter, it's going to die, you know, because you're still, what, 60 miles or so from the coast, 50, 60 miles from the coast, maybe more. So anyway, yeah. they're, they're not recommended that far north. But, you know, if we have a fairly mild winter, they can do okay. Lemons are more sensitive to freeze than, than satsumas and kumquats. Yeah. Um, I didn't know about this particular species. Well, see, here, well here. Here, here's the other deal, Keith. When you, when you plant a seed, it takes four, five, six, seven years before a seedling reaches maturity to start blooming. Yeah, That's, this one is about nine years old. Yeah. And uh, the, the other thing is it might have been extra sweet because the longer you wait to pick a citrus, the sweeter it gets on the plant. A lot of times they're picked when they're not quite ripe, so they're real sour. But if you leave it on the vine, on the plant like, like most home gardeners do, they're sweeter the longer you leave them on there. So, you know, it could be, you know, also how long it's left on the tree that made it extra sweet. But if you want a if you want a really sweet one, man, go with the go with the Meyer lemon and be prepared to cover it up. Well, this is all I had. I had great holes that I dug for a katsura tree, but I could never find a katsura tree. So they, I put you know, cat, lemon there. Yeah, katsura trees. You know, you're 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 thinking subtropics here. Yeah. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time in Southern California. I've been in you know the equator, South America, and Africa, and all through the Caribbean and South Florida, and all they grow stuff we just can't grow. But then we can grow stuff they can't grow. Yeah. So anyway, to, let me you know be prepared to cover it up if we have a late freeze that might kill the flowers. Well, so I'll see what happens this winter and go from there. Sounds fun, man. And uh, fingers crossed for global warming. Okay. See, ya. I don't know about that. Well, I'm just saying, you know, you want lemons, and we have global warming. It's your fault for bringing it on. Yeah, it is. I know it is. <laughs> Me and Donald Trump. Okay. See, you, Keith. Thanks. <laughs> a little edgy, Java. You know, I like it when you shake your head there. That might be a little little. Edgy. Let's go to Gulfport. Hey, Ann. Good morning. Hey. Good morning. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. What's going on? Well, I've got a um, magnolia tree that I started from a little cutting about 12 inches high it's now about almost three and a half feet tall but it's been in a pot this whole time and it's taken like about four years yeah um my husband and i were having an argument i wanted to plant it in the yard he didn't want to plant it in the yard so we moved to the new house i said i'm planting it and he said okay (laughs) so 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 you won i won finally (laughs) wore him down well what is it is it too early, to, too late to plant it now, or do I wait till is, the spring? Is this just a regular magnolia, you know, the evergreen 
Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I planted I planted a rose yesterday. I'm gonna plant a camellia this afternoon. You can plant a container grown plant anytime you can dig a good hole. And fall okay. fall is actually the best time because they're not growing as actively. They'll get settled down. Their roots will continue to grow into the winter, and the plant will be better established next spring. Whole lot better. Yeah, I've done that before with crepe myrtles, but yeah. I've never planted a magnolia before. Any, so. any kind of container plant. You know, you can plant okay. anytime you Let me give you a couple of uh, quick tips, though. Uh, because mm-hmm. that magnolia has been growing in a pot a long time, its roots are going to be sort of pot-shaped. Yeah. And if you put yep. that in the ground, just like it is, you come back five years from now, those roots are still in a pot shape, but they've mm-hmm. gotten bigger in diameter, and you'll have a knot full of roots that are strangling themselves. Right. So what, uh, what so. you need to do, dig a wide hole, not necessarily deep, but plenty wide, and just mm-hmm. a little stuff to your native dirt. You know, you should have some pretty, pretty good soil down there. Don't overdo it is what I'm saying. And then gently loosen up the potting soil and try to spread as many of those roots out as you can. If they're really, really tight, just cut some of them. The tree will get over it. But if you don't, they're going to—they're not going to straighten out on their own, and they'll get bigger around a diameter and strangle the whole tree. Yeah, let them wiggle their toes. That's right, but but it's really yeah. important. It's really important. And what I do is I water it really, really good the day before, and then water it right before you do this, so it's got plenty of moisture in it. And then, just, I mean, mm-hmm. this rose yesterday, full bloom, I really boogered it up. I pulled it yeah. out of the pot. I banged it down. I got as much of the potting soil and spread the roots out. But I'd watered it ahead of time and water it when I got done it, and it sort of wilted a little bit, but it'll pick back up. Okay, good, good. I'll do that. Oh, one last thing. He's going to hit it with the lawnmower or the weed eater if you don't put some monkey grass <laughs> or some rocks around it. I'm just, no, I, I, I'm just saying, you know, put something around the base of it, a big thing of mulch, put some pansies around it, water those over the winter, and that's more than enough to get the tree established. I've already got the lantanas and the bricks that kind of go around it. Good, good. <laughs> Appreciate your call. Thank you so much, Ann. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty. We've been keeping our new intern up here, uh, uh, Rosemary Lewis, busy. We're going to take a real quick break. Come back. We've got a call from Madison. If you want to give us a call, we've got lots of time to get dirty here on the, on the telephone and the radio. Shoot us a, a, a phone, one eight seven seven mpb ring And any time during the week, if you've got questions or things you want to run by or I need to double down or maybe back up a little bit on something I said, shoot me an email. My feelings do not get hurt when I find out that I'm wrong. Uh, shoot us an email anytime, garden at mpbonline.org, because that's what we are, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and me and Java will be right back after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. I wish y'all could see Java in there with his little sweet girl, little Marley. She's such a cutie pie. He's in there being all daddy and all like that. Listen, we're going to go to the phone call in just a second. Let me throw out a couple of things. I got a uh, an email from Charlotte Freeman. Says she has a Chef Lyra plant. It's a memorial gift. And it was fine for a back porch, but it's too big for the living room. Can I trim it back without major consequences? You can take... Chef Lara, which is a tree big enough to park a school bus under down in South Florida, Central South Florida, Southern California, and tropics. You can cut it back to just brown broomsticks with not a leaf on it. And wherever you make that cut, it's going to put out new growth right there within, oh, it might take a, a, a month, month and a half or so. You're going to think it's dead. You can cut it to where it doesn't have a thing on it but just brown stems. I've done this several times myself. I do it to my rubber tree. I've done it to a chef lair at my office uh, back when I had an office. I've done it to a, a weeping fig that's 40 years old to just turn it to a hat rack. And it'll put out new growth without any problems at all. Matter of fact, if you're bringing these plants in, they tend to drop their leaves that were formed outside in the warmth and humidity because they don't adapt very well to indoors. And so the new growth will be a whole lot better adapted. You won't have to clean up all that mess that falls on the floor over the next few months. So no problem at all. Cut the chef layer back to just brown sticks. Let's go to Madison. Uh, is his name Smoke? Yes. Smoke, what's up, man? 
Uh, my question has to do with knockout roses. Yep. And when should I prune them, and how much should I prune them? That's a good question. I just pruned one to the ground and pulled up the roots and threw it on a compost because I want to plant a chameleon in this hole, but that was too much. Okay. What I would do is sometime in the wintertime, December, January, February is when most people prune their roses, middle of the winter, you could cut it back to just two feet tall, two, two and a half, three feet tall. Uh, if you look down uh, smoke where all the branches are coming out, that's where it's grafted. You want to cut it above the grafted area, but you can cut it back to stems just two feet long and thin out the clutter and any bad-looking ones. It'll put out with no problem at all in the spring. Okay, and just any old time over the winter? Yeah, most people do it in the middle of the winter. If you prune it now and we have a mild fall, they'll put out new growth that'll freeze in the winter. But So most people wait till after they get a freeze. But, you know, late December, January, February, that's about the time to prune. And I prune my roses pretty hard, and they come out finer than ever. Well, thank you very much. I certainly enjoy your show. Thanks for being part of it, Sir Smoke. Anybody ever call you gun? <laughs> Sometimes they call me fire. Oh, see, see him where the smoke, this fire. Let's go to, uh, uh, is this Jose, Josie? Josie. Josie, where are you from? Como, Mississippi. Como, all righty. What's going on? I, the strange that he had a rose question. I have a rose question, too. I have some little miniature roses that I put in a pot, and I had them outside. And when it started getting cold, I bought them inside. And now they're starting to just lose the leaves and turn yellow. I don't know what to do. Oh, you know, I was I was listening to the question. I forgot what plant it is already. What what was it? Rose? It, it, it's just a little. Yeah. You know, you started talking about it. I started picturing in pots and thinking about all this <laughs> stuff, and I forgot what yeah. plant. Yeah, you can it's cut. just a little tiny rose. It's just a little small one. Can, They've been outside all summer. You can prune them just like a bigger rose. You know, cut it down to, you know, halfway, a third. You know, you want to leave. Uh-huh. I don't, you know, sometimes those are rooted. Sometimes they're grafted. I don't know which one yours is. But if okay. it's if it's grafted, you want to leave you know several inches above the graft. But typically, okay. the, the you know if you look down where they have the old leaf joints where the leaves older leaves used to be, yeah, that's where uh-huh. the new growth comes out. So cut it above some you know some those things that kind of point outward, and it'll do fine. And I need to leave it inside, or can oh, I? Oh no, 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 no. Put it outside. Are these big pots or little pots? They're kind of big pots, not like a. It, you know, as long as it's in a. Know how wide, but like my steering wheel, about that wide. Oh, you know? that's that's plenty big. Leave outside. Yes. I would I would drag it up next to the house so it doesn't get okay. any cold cold wind. But they'll actually do better. They have to go through that dormant period. Because I think it may be a little warm inside for them or something. I don't know. I tell, sh- tell you something. You can do. That's a big enough pot. There's a type of daffodil called tet a tet, T E T E A T E T E. You know, uh-huh. put put you uh, uh, a little group of those in some muscari. You know, put you some bulbs and maybe a pansy or viola in there. Don't overdo it, and let them grow what? over the winter time in that same pot. Oh, really? Sure. Sounds good. All right. All right. Thank you, and enjoy your show. Thanks for being part of it. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, we got a blinking light here. David from Hazelhurst. What's up, David? Good morning. Howdy. I would like to know how to grow sugar cane in my yard as a yard huh. plant, how to buy some at the farmer's market and then plant it. Yeah, well, you need to. You, you do need to get some now because you won't be able to find it in the spring. Get some, and uh, what what a lot of the people, you know, you need to protect it from freezing hard, but you don't want to keep it indoors all winter. What a lot of people do is they'll uh, lay them up uh, lengthwise up against the house and cover up a bunch of leaves over the wintertime. And uh, they sprout out at the leaf joints, you know, the part in between what you eat. And yeah. uh, so, so sometime in the, in the, the uh, late winter, spring, if you'll go ahead and cut them up into pieces, each with several joints on it, and plant them not too deep with a little dirt pile on top of them, they'll sprout out just like bamboo because that's the same family as bamboo. Okay. And, uh, well, but the I main, main, main thing is protect over the winter. Like I said, if you'll lay it up in, in, against the house, Throw some dirt on it, some leaves, or something like that. It's called banking it up for the winter. Then that'll that'll keep them from freezing. Then wait, wait till it gets a little bit warmer to plant them. The banking was not what I what I did not know how to do. Yeah, that, that's you know the commercial growers they pile them up, throw a bunch of dirt on them because that protects better than leaves. But if you lay it up against the house, it ain't that big a deal. Got a great place for it. All righty, man. Sir. You bet. You know it's it's not a pretty plant. He's gone. 
That's okay. He didn't want to hear that. Let's go to Joyce. Hey, Royce, good morning. Good morning, Felder. What's up? I enjoy your program, too, and I enjoy meeting you out at Scrooge's Restaurant a few weeks ago. That's right. That's uh, right. We're having a sing, a community sing in Bellhaven Park Sunday afternoon. We're calling it a peace and love sing. Peace and, and love. Part of the things that we want to do, a lot of music and people will sing for you and you'll sing too, yeah. is uh, to plant a peace tree. We're called a peace tree. And we're going to clip on with clothespin clips, uh, little thoughts and prayers and wishes and things like that. You know, I so see this. In... the children. And I, we didn't yeah. get a peace tree planted. We're going to use a cedar tree that's already there this year. But well, well, what I, kind I, of tree should we how, how come how come a cedar tree can't be a peace tree? You know, we well, don't need to be bought. We can plant another one. We want to call. We want to start it and see it grow over the years. Well, so you, the cedar tree would be good. Well, not really, because you want something that's got a lot of branches low to the ground. Yeah, that's and what so, we like. Yeah, uh, I tell you, let me let me think about it. probably one of the best. One of the best would be one of the. You know, there's two kinds of crepe myrtles. One that grows straight up, and those that kind of uh-huh. spread out. The ones that spread out will always have lots of low branches. You can hang stuff all up and down okay. there. You know, that yeah. would be a real good dependent. You do have permission from the Bellhaven folks to do this, don't you? Oh, yeah. We're working oh. together with Bellhaven Foundation. Okay, okay. Cause they our can... community and uh, and also the garden uh, recreation people of the city. Yeah. Well, it's a 4 o'clock Sunday, and if you're free, we'd like to have you come and join us. I might, but like I say, you know, we'll come up with all sorts of pieces. I tell you, Roy, shoot me an email if you can, and let me put my heads on, because we want a plant, a tree that's this twiggy and branchy. You know, That's and right. you know, yeah, and uh, I got the idea from going to Japan. Oh, there, you see along the road, you see these trees with yeah. little white things all over it. And uh, so that's what uh, spawned the idea. I've seen them in botanic gardens a lot of places, uh, uh, and they do the lot in children's gardens too. And a lot of Great. times, you know, they'll hang little bits of, uh, of uh, you know, they'll, they'll hang them with colorful thread and stuff like that. Anyway, appreciate it. Shoot me an email, Royce. All righty, and let's go down to. Oxford. Hey, Bruce, good morning. Thanks for holding. Uh, good morning. I have been rooting chrysanthemums over the summer from uh-huh. existing plants. Yeah. And they've actually they're just spectacular uh, blooming now. What is the best way to winter uh, these newly rooted chrysanthemum plants? What, what kind of chrysanthemums are they? Are they the, are they the cushion mums or are they the, the big uh, big flowering kind? <laughs> No, no. These are these are more the cushion type. More the smaller. Yeah, they they actually will grow outside in the winter time. One of the reasons why the cushion mums don't survive in people's gardens. You know, there are thousands and thousands of planted every year. Very few survive over the winter because people pull them out of the pot, stick them in the ground with all that potting soil, and they rot. But if you've got a pretty good, uh, well-drained garden soil, a little organic matter, but doesn't stay too wet, you could plant them outside, mulch them, they'll do perfectly fine. Yeah, I, 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 what I was asking um, is about newly rooted ones. I've, yeah. I've done the pots. Uh, when you buy them in the fall, you can you know, put them in the ground with the roots, but... Newly rooted ones from existing plants, is there any yeah. uh, anything different to do for them? What what I would do, if they don't have really good roots on them, I would keep them in pots over the winter, but I would leave the pots outside in a protected place. Uh, because they they need that cold. Chrysanthemums are from uh, you know from from northern China, Japan, where where they they go dormant in the winter. They really need that. So uh, if okay. you know if you if you'll pot them up. You know, maybe several to doesn't have to be big pots, but put them up against the house and put some good mulch all up around the pots and on top of the plants a little bit, and just protect mm-hmm. them from hard freeze. They'll do a whole lot better outside than indoors. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. Oh, let me ask you this: Why are you doing this? Uh, rooting chrysanthemums. Yeah. Well, I've got a a, a very large lower lot uh-huh. next to my house, and it's terrace down so i'm making stone terraces and on each one i have uh different chrysanthemums uh filling in that uh soil space. Well, let, let me throw this out, Bruce. There's different kinds of chrysanthemums and the kind that you have, the cushion mums, they're okay, but there's one that's called chrysanthemum morifolium. Have you ever heard of uh, Clara Curtis or Country Girls? Uh, I don't think so. Well, it's it, you probably find it at garden centers in, in Oxford. It's an old-fashioned plant. I see it all over the countryside. It's got big uh, you can barely put, if you put your, your, your finger, your thumb and your index finger together, 
the flowers mm-hmm. are bigger than that, and they're pink, uh, but they're uh-huh. extremely hardy. Uh, they they get kind of floppy. So what I do is I cut mine back in the middle of summer, and they bush right. out. They've got much bigger flowers. They bloom in October, November, and I just came back from a garden center in uh, in Alabama, and I've got pink ones, yellow ones, burgundy ones, double ones. These plants are a whole lot hardier than the than the cushy mums, and they'll be there for years and years, and they root just as easy as the, the smaller ones. So anyway, I'm just saying, down the road, think about starting uh-huh. to look for these uh, yeah, to, uh, to add to your collection. That's great. You said one was a Clara Curtis. What was the first one? Well, the, the uh, common, a lot of people call it Clara Curtis. They call it Country Girls. The same plant, same okay. plant. Uh, shoot me an email because uh, I've got a name to some of these places. But but once you get them started, they're yeah. utterly dependable. They, I mean, they grow around crepe myrtle trees, around old country houses. Okay, terrific. Well, I, I'll I'll fire an email and I'd like to start working with those as well. Thank okay, so Bruce, much. appreciate it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And I hope he doesn't forget to put some daffodils around those. Have something to look at in the wintertime. Let's go to William. Are you in Moselle? Yes. That's what I think, because it says Mozilla, but I knew it was Moselle. What's going on in the free state of Jones? Yeah, I'm the same one that planted all the trees, and my neighbor told me they was all going to die. But anyway, to make a long story short, my, my little small uh, live oaks in the last couple, two or three or four years, uh-huh. they seem to have some type of fur that grows on them. It's bigger than a beech nut fur, and it's just like uh, it tends to make the leaves fall off. It'll be 15 or 20 of them are connected right to the to the limb. There's no stalk to them at all. I'm just wondering what it is. If you bust it open, it's almost got a little burr inside there. Yeah, that's so, uh, that's going to be a, a time. We have lots and lots and lots of what they call galls, G-A-L-L. There's unbelievable number of galls uh, on oak trees. Some make those great big hard knots in some trees. Uh, some, are, some are hollow, but uh, th- that's probably a gall. What happens is in the spring when the new growth comes out, there's a, an insect, probably a wasp, might be a little beetle, but usually this type of wasp, lays an egg in that, that, new twi- that, that new twig, and it grows this burr around it. And that little thing on the inside was where the, the, the larvae was. And uh, that sounds like what you've got, G-A-L-L. I tell you what, though, William, if you could take a good, clear picture and send it to me, I can nail it for you. But I bet it's it's one of the many different kind of things we call oak galls, G-A-L-L. Not much not much you can do about it. You know, some of the trees, are, like I said, if you just look at the tree now, it is like it's got uh, brown balls all over it, all in it. That's what it sounds it like. And, and, drop off. and uh, as we say in the vernacular, ain't squat you can do about it. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> see, see me a picture. Let's at least let's at least put a name on the affliction. Uh, thanks, Phil. <laughs> all righty. Oh, that's kind of wild there for a little while. And then we ran out of phone calls. We might be able to squeeze one more in if somebody wants to give us a call. One eight seven seven MPB ring. But let me throw this out. Uh, I got a couple of emails here. One is this is from Carol Johnson. She's in Vicksburg. She wants to know if there's any practical way to overwinter geraniums. She says she was just admiring her last pots, and they're really pretty. Favorite color. You have any, she said, I vaguely remember a long time ago a tip for unpotting them, hanging them upside down over the winter, similar to drying herbs. Can't quite visualize that. I bet you're saying take a picture already, send them to the compost pile. But I think it'd be fun to try. The truth is they're easy to keep over the winter. Geraniums, technically pelagonums, are succulents. You can actually take those, pull them up, shake all the dirt off their potting soil, strip off the leaves, hang them upside down indoors, and next spring you can pull them out and about a half of, of what you hung up will still be nice and firm, stand them back up, water them, and they'll start growing again. But my way of thinking is, why not just keep it in a pot and enjoy it? You can take some cuttings and root them if you want to, save some if you want to. But geraniums love cool weather. As long as you can protect them from freezing, they'll actually do better over the winter than they will over the summertime where it gets so hot and humid. Geraniums like a a kind of a dry climate. Almost like succulents. So I would just put some in pots, root some if you want to. And if you got uh, more than one pot, fine. But I'd keep at least one pot in a kitchen window, keep it from freezing, and it can bloom all winter long. I think that's a great approach. That way you can you don't have to worry about losing any of them. Uh, let me see. I want to remind folks that Piney Woods Heritage Festival is at Crosby Arboretum this Saturday from 10 till 3. 
family event. They'll have all sorts of blacksmithing and basket making and beekeeping and wood carving and all sorts of musical performances. And also the Mississippi Gulf Coast Community Society is having its show from 1 till 4, Saturday, November 18th, at the Lyman Community Center, Highway 49. If you go one way, you go to the community center. If you go the other way, you go to the Shed Barbecue. I'm just throwing that out. Shed Barbecue can't hardly be beat. Now, I think we got time to squeeze in one more call here from Oxford. Is it Hans? Yes, hi. This is Hans from Oxford. Howdy. Hans from Oxford. What's up, man? I have a couple of uh, apple trees and pear trees, fruit trees in my yard, uh-huh. and I've let them grow out uh, way, way far beyond trimming. I thought, what's the best way of trimming them? Do I trim them down the winter? Have they take been, out all vertical tree limbs, or have they been there a while? They're older trees. They're older trees, but they're like the smaller trees. They just shot up. Yeah, vertical lines straight up. Yeah, a couple of things in the winter time when you see better what you're doing. Uh, if the, you, the stuff is growing straight up and tall, just cut it out and leave okay. some of some of the branches growing outward and upward. You know, and it's not going to be easy. If you get one of those saws that cut with a curb blade, it cuts when you pull. Right. I've been using one of those the past two days on seed on big limbs. You can almost cut quicker than a chainsaw, but it's a special pruning saw that that cuts when you pull. Uh, real, and you can get it in tight spaces. Anyway, just cut out the tall stuff and then stand back, go back, calm down, relax, take another look at it, and see if there's any br- limbs that need to be thinned out that are from what's left, and then thin out some branches. You want to get it where it's growing kind of up and out instead of straight up right. like a pine tree. Exactly. Okay. So can I do corn if I cut too much, or is it better just to cut more than less? Yeah, I, 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 I just cut out a bunch of big stuff without boogering it up too much. That's the best advice I can give you. All righty, folks, we are at the end of this program. The Gestalt Garden has been a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Um, my producer is laid back for hard work in Java Chapman and his associate producer, Marley Chapman. Also, our new intern, Rosemary Lewis, is uh, trial by fire this morning. We're going to be talking about gardening every Friday and Saturday here on MPB. I'm your host, Felder Rushing, and I'm going to be talking about gardening all week in my head. Get ready for not next week because it's Thanksgiving holiday, but the week after that in December, we're going to start talking about gardening for the wintertime. Anyway, if you have see every new day as another chance to give it a go, go to a garden center or a farmer's market, take a kid, show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. Mm-hmm.